passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos and my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten. But first, today we got to talk about our sponsor. Who else? It's BetOnline.ag. Look, it's back. It's better than ever. It's got a brand new web interface for the rest of the NBA season. It's got more props, odds, and lines than ever before because BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So what are you waiting for? Get on your desktop or go on your mobile device right now to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit only when you use promo code BELIEVE50. L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive that bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC. BetOnline's got you covered, so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season as we head into 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the pod. Hope you had a wonderful holiday, but now we are back to action here on Believe in Bears because it is week 13. The Bears are going to be hosting the Arizona Cardinals, and I think it's safe to say a complete must-win situation for our beloved Chicago Bears. First, let's bring in my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's Corey Wu. Corey, welcome back from Jersey. How are you, man? You know, I'm doing good, man. I had I had so many bagels, had so much pizza, um, you know, but but the one good thing is usually um, when I when I have a trip to New Jersey, whether that's the summer around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, it's usually I gain about five to seven pounds. And this time I stayed the same weight, you know, and, and the main the main difference for me was, man, cutting out meat and, and you're not going to believe it. But this Thanksgiving, I didn't have any turkey, didn't have any ham, didn't have any short rib. I actually kept fish options, shrimp, uh, you know, the sides, macaroni and cheese. So I've been going too much strong without any red meat or chicken, turkey, just straight fish, pescatarian. I'm pesky in here. He's fishing. He's fishing. I'm proud yeah. of you. Uh, good job. The Chicago Bears were able to also feast on some go-furky, some go-furky uh, <laughs> last Thursday to pick up a 16-14 win. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to really get into too deep into that one, Corey, because we have to look forward now. We're we're at this point in the season where if you look on if you're watching football all around on the weekend, the Bears still in the hunt. I'm not making this up. They're still in the graphic when you put it up there. So let's try and figure out a way that the Bears can get a victory over the Cardinals this week. You've had some home cooking. The Bears are going to get some home cooking this weekend. We got to figure it out. Let's first talk about we're taping this on a Wednesday night right now. The Wednesday practice schedule injury report. Not looking good, Corey. Did not practice Wednesday. Marquise Goodwin, Allen Robinson, Cole Komet with a groin, Damian Williams, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith all did not practice. Justin Fields was out there and limited. There were some reports that he was out there throwing the football a little bit, and then he looked pretty decent right now. Let's just start with all the injuries heading into this weekend, and then also I want to get your take on Justin Fields. Banged up right now, but back in practice. Where are you feeling right now? Would you lean towards starting Justin Fields or Andy Dalton this week against the Cardinals? 
You know, I, I just think it depends how healthy he is and, and how confident he feels. I think that's the biggest thing right now because uh, we're, we're in a crazy situation with the season. Things haven't gone the way we wanted to. Justin Fields has been up and down. you got the Cardinals coming into town at 9-2, and two, one of the best teams in the NFL right now. Uh, they have some talented pass rushers coming, coming our way. So it's a tricky situation, you know. I think, you know, I really want to see him out there, but only if he's 100% and he's in the right mindset. Because, you know, I think I would be leaning a little bit more towards Andy Dalton just because of how quick he gets the ball out in a situation like this if Justin Fields is not 100%. But I would love to see the young fella out there and, you know, be in a situation where he can gain some confidence out there and they could script him for success. But that's my only concern because it seems like certain games, yes, they've scripted for success. Other games, they left him out there in the island. And, you know, people go back and forth all the time and say, well, Andy Dalton's a better quarterback. No, hold up, hold up. He's not a better quarterback. He's more confident. He knows how to take command of an offense. He understands things better. He's been in the league. I think this is what his 13th year, 12th year in the league somewhere around there so he's been around he's been a starter so he understands that his his bread and butter is getting the ball out quick making good decisions being a game manager that's that's what has gotten him a long career and that's why he was a starter the thing is justin fields can do some incredible things with his feet throwing the football but the only thing at times they don't script for success for him and as a young quarterback you need that so I think it just depends on his health and I'm hoping he can go, but at the same time, I think Andy Dalton could be you know, a good thing going, going against the Cardinals with their talented pass for us, getting the ball out quick, making good decisions. Well, Corey, I think it's safe to say that there's a 0% chance that Justin Fields is 100%, right? Yeah. I mean, with broken ribs, I've had broken ribs before. I'm not a professional athlete. They suck, right? Even when you laugh or, or sneeze or giggle or I mean, it hurts. You feel it. Absolutely. And in terms of Andy Dalton, I'm right there with you where I think we've seen a lot of things about him that are really capable and really positive and, and you know, net positive, I think, for the Chicago Bears. But forget my sarcasm. Andy Dalton's going to get you 13 and 16 points, right? That's what he's shown you so far. We just played a Detroit Lions team. He passed for 317. I'm kind of confused why Bears fans are so obsessed with the 317 and not the fact that we only put 16 points on the board because it's just kind of the same stuff that we're seeing over again. Can you talk about a little bit? Have you ever had a broken ribs injury before? Of course, Justin Fields can't get hit, right? If he gets hit, that's yeah. not good. We can't have that happen. But is it, what kind of restrictions do you think could possibly be out there for him that we need to safeguard and maybe the reason why he doesn't sit doesn't play this week? Yeah, I, th I think in, in a situation like this, I've, I've never had broken ribs, but I've had teammates that have, that have played with it. And this, it's a tough thing, especially as a quarterback, where you know at times you're exposed out there. And he's a young guy. Look at where we are in the season. Um you know, I, I know there's a potential way for us to get in the playoffs. It doesn't seem likely, um, but I think you have to look at decision decision making, uh, excuse me, decision making rather. I think you have to look at the bigger picture of things, right? And and not hurting this guy's ego at this point in time, This his confidence. You know, I think, you know, if he gets in a situation where he's in the game and then all of a sudden, you know, Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden are really having great rushes and they're they're coming and there's tattooing on them in the ribs. You want to avoid that type of situation. So I think in, in this situation, him probably not being 100 percent, I think you got to sit him out until he is 100 percent, because at this point in the season, I don't think you have anything to gain, in, in my opinion, because I, I think you, myself, most Bears fans really know the playoffs are not likely unless there is a Christmas miracle 
unless there's a run that we don't see happening happen. Um, so I think you have to have him 100% for him to come back and play, right? And then it becomes getting him confident for the next season, having him be, become more comfortable in his reads and his progressions, uh, you know, tucking the ball and going, um, things of that nature. So I, I'm just very cautious at this point, just where the season is and about his development and keeping his psyche in a good place. And you've talked about it a lot this season, position, putting him in a position to succeed. And this might be one of those scenarios, not because of matchup, but because of health. And all it takes is a, a bull rush past Jason Peters, and he takes one in the back again. And then, you know, we're maybe in a worse place where he doesn't get a chance to develop later in the season. You want to get him as many snaps on the field as you possibly can. And, Corey, to be very fair, full disclosure here on Believe in Bears. On Believe in Bears, we believe in Santa Claus. Christmas miracles, though, are, you know, are a little bit more of a touch and go here and there. Yeah. And, yep. you know, also to your point, I kind of pulled up some stats. You know, I'm, let's get to this Arizona Cardinals team. Let's talk about the keys to what it's going to take for the Bears to win because, you know, I was diving into the numbers. I watched them a lot, but I'm trying to, you know, I, you know, I went over to my wife. I picked up my computer. She walked out of the room. She's like, where are you going? You're going to get ready for prep for Bears. And I'm like, I'm going to go find them a weakness. And you know what, man? This is a balanced football team. They do not have too many holes, my friend. And I pulled it up. They've played three rookie quarterbacks this year. Trevor Lawrence, he passed for 219, one touchdown, two interceptions. Trey Lance, look, raw, but 192, no touchdowns, no interceptions, 89 rushing yards. And Davis Mills, 135, 0 and 0 as well. Pocket passers, guys like Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, have actually had some decent success against the Arizona Cardinals this year. Not gonna blow your hair out, you know, blow your hair out the window, but you know, something that maybe Andy Dalton can can get on top of. And look, the weather right now, <laughs> I'm not getting on this weather train because I remember I made that mistake with Stacey Dales in terms of the rain. It says it's going to rain on Sunday. It might snow on Tuesday. Who knows? Whatever. It's going to be cold, right? It's going to be yep. 48 degrees or below for Arizona. You know, when you're looking at this team with Arizona, are you are you with me right now? I mean, the record aside, I mean, there's this is a pretty balanced football team that might yeah. be getting back not only Kyler Murray but also DeAndre Hopkins this week. Yeah, I mean, this this really scares me, to be honest, because you, you look at their weapons, you know, look at wide receiver, A.J. Green, uh, Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore. Moore. I love Rondell I mean, Moore. I mean, I, I followed him when I worked for the Big Ten Network and an dude, absolute beast. There's he, nothing he couldn't do. Yeah, there are defenders. Defenders are afraid of that dude, and he's not oh, the yeah. biggest guy in the world. I saw him his tape, and I was like, I want this guy on my team. I yeah, love him. Yeah, he's like five foot nine. I think he's probably about five foot seven, to be honest with you, but probably 190 pounds, solid. Shoulders like steel, baby. Yeah, and he's quick, quick as can be. Um, yeah. So he's he's really underrated, you know, as a kick returner as well. I mean, just look at those weapons, and and DeAndre Hopkins has seven touchdowns. Zach Ertz has only been there for five games, has three touchdowns. So. You know, this really scares me. And then you look, then you look at, um, you know, the running back, James Conner, 12 touchdowns this year. Unbelievable yep. in the red zone. So you talk about all the pieces together to, to have a good football team, right? A great tight end with three really good receivers, four, um, you know, including Kirk as well. Um, a great running game, you know, especially in the red zone, making good decisions. Kyler Murray, his dual threat ability, Cliff Kingsbury with his offensive play calling. Um, defensively, you look at Marcus Gold, who's got 10 sacks this year. Chandler Jones has eight. Um, I mean, talented combo right there. So yeah. this 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 game really concerns me. At first, I really wasn't as worried because I'm like, oh, Soldier Field, you know, the, the weather's probably going to be a factor for Arizona coming from a warm weather place. But it just seems like they're one of the most consistent football teams in the league, right? They, they had a bad game against Carolina. Um, 
but it, it really scares me because I think they maybe took Carolina a little lightly. You know, I think they, they kind of expected to wolf up on, oh, we have a backup quarterback and Phillip Walker and all this. And Carolina came out and played old school smash mouth football, right? It wasn't pretty. The stats weren't woo you and why you. And I think this is what the Bears can do if, if they want to win this game. You know, especially I think if Andy Dalton is playing this week, which I think he will, you know, run the football, him make good decisions, you know, really target the tight ends. Hopefully Cole Komet can be in there. But I think this is a game, you know, especially with Andy Dalton, I think it plays favorably for him. You know, a, a very good decision-making game, not turning the ball over, uh, getting the ball out quick, keeping those rushers at bay, keeping Kyler Murray and company off the field. So, yeah, I, I, I really like what this matchup is, is coming to, especially with Andy Dalton this week, it looks like. Yeah, let me follow up on that real quick because we haven't gotten – the sample size with Andy Dalton isn't exactly large enough for to make any – part like you know distinctions about how we run our offense with him in there yeah. but obviously 39 pass attempts against the Detroit Lions they kind of sort of didn't really allow David Montgomery to get into a rhythm against the Lions yep. and if you go back to that Rams game as well I don't really remember that running game that game wasn't what ended up happening with Justin Fields for those two months when we really got it going what do you think that is a little bit you know are we going to be able to have that kind of balance are we going to be able to trust that or do you think with Andy Dalton in there, that Matt Nagy and this offensive play calling staff is going to lean towards Andy making decisions with the football in his hands. Yeah, I think that's what it's leaning towards. It seems like Matt Nagy and, and company feel comfortable with him passing the ball. And, you know, I think he makes good decisions. Um, we saw I this think... with Foles. Foles last exactly. year, too, was like, Trubisky, yeah. we got to do a 50-50. Yeah. We, we played well, but with Foles, it's just shotgun and let's go and spread it out. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm more in the favor, whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, of being 60-40 run dominant. You know, I think that's the recipe for success. I think, you know, with the O-line the way it is and, uh, you know, mixing in that play action, I think the running game and the weapons you have with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and the fact that Khalil Herbert doesn't get touches at all is a disservice. And David oh, Montgomery only having 12 to 13 carries – that's that shouldn't happen in games. You know, when you have two really talented backs that teams would kill for, um, you know, it's it's you're doing a disservice to any quarterback that's in there because you're not establishing the run. And this Bears offensive line, they are very good run blockers. They've showcased that that's their biggest strength. So why not play into that? And I think sometimes, you know, because Matt Nagy and Laser feel very comfortable, with Andy Dalton on his decision making, they just want to sling that thing. And I'm not talking about deep balls, but they really wanted to pass the ball. And I'm like, I get that, right? There's a time and a place. And it starts with setting up the run. And you talk about, you know, that's that's my first key is, is really getting the run game going with David Montgomery and company because they're too talented not to run the football. And Arizona coming into town, they have a great offense, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, all the weapons offensively. You keep them off the field. How do you do that? Controlling the clock with the run game, right? Cold weather football. It could be, you know, rainy. It could be muddy. You, you already know the, the soldier field conditions. Everybody hates coming into town, especially Arizona. You know, they're used to the warm weather. Great surface out there. Everything is perfect at this time of the year, right? But you're coming into our house. And what do you do? You, you have two talented pass rushers. How do you keep them at bay? With the run game, right? Some screens, some draws, things like that. I really want to see some more draws this week you know maybe some maybe some wildcats sprinkled in you know david montgomery and company but um yeah you, you got to get the run game going whoever's out there a quarterback because it it sets up everything and you got to play in the strengths i'm tired of, of seeing a game 
where we know we can run the ball. We know we can get three to four to five yards a pop and we're not doing it right. Because trying to get too cute or fancy um, in this league, you know, cold weather football, smash mouth football that wins games. You know, you look at Tennessee when um, you know, Derrick Henry's in there. I mean, he gets it done. Right. And, and sometimes it's not pretty and Tannehill looks okay, but running the football really controls the clock. It keeps the other team off balance. It gets them tired. It keeps the other offense off the field and it wears you down when you know they're going to run the ball and you can't stop it. And I've been, and, and look, I've learned a lot about, you know, you keep harping on this over and over again. And I feel like maybe there are some fans out there that are like, you know what, this is the modern NFL where we're all vertical and we're passing and passing and passing. And man, I, it's really starting to become a clarity to me that it really starts first with run and run action, right? Yep. Because the way that you've described is that if you're constantly worried about your run fits, if you run that play action, then stuff gets all out of, out of whack. And you mentioned cold weather football. Look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been doing the last two or three weeks, specifically with Leonard Fournette last week. It's all been run and run action. And then Tom's is picking his spots when he gets those moments to get in that play action situation to throw it and pick teams apart. You know, this is just what leads to winning football right now. And if you look, maybe the only thing, one of the few things that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are mediocre at or maybe in the middle is their rushing defense. They are allowing 113 rushing yards to opponents this season, 17th in the NFL. Now, to be very fair, the Bears and the Cardinals the last three weeks have been top 10 run defenses. But this is the way to go, right? Because, again, time of possession. Don't keep it in Kyler Murray's hands for too long. We have to figure out different ways, like – my final stat on this one that I, I wanted to bring up was the Arizona Cardinals are leading the NFL in first quarter points with 6.6. They're seventh in the NFL in second quarter points, 8.5. They're first in the NFL at 8.1 in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they don't score that much, probably because they're so they're, they have a point differential of over 10 at this point. This should terrify you if you're a Bears fan, and I think running the ball is probably the easiest way to mitigate that, to give ourselves a chance, drive that score down a little bit, and hopefully maybe you know allow us to make some plays later in the game. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now from the Carolina-Arizona game, and Christian McCaffrey, right? Look at his stat line. So he had 13 rushes. For 95 yards, right? 7.3 a pop. Yep. And then he had 10 catches for 66 yards, averaging almost seven yards a catch. So that that's a matchup right there. They seem like they struggle against defending the running back. And you know, I think if we can get that going, David Montgomery can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Don't sleep on that. He's really good hands. He's shifty. He can run you over. He can do everything. And and I think people really sleep on him. You know, they see him like, oh yeah, he's a good running back. He's this. And, you know, he, he reminds me a lot of a guy like Fred Taylor, you know, like mm. the thing is Fred Taylor was so under the radar. In my opinion, he should be a hall of famer, but the fact that he just put his head down, he went to work every day and he continued to put up numbers, but he wasn't like this crazy personality and let everybody know the market me. to Jaguars, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And I, I think, you know, that's how David Montgomery is. He's a lunch pail guy. You know, he, do, he doesn't need any, anybody to acknowledge him. He doesn't need this. He's not a huge personality, but you know, he could be a guy that's a 14 to 1600 yards per season guy. And I think they just need to give him the rock. Um, and I think, you know, in this game, if, if they want to have a chance to win, I think it starts with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. These are great calls. Uh, before we get to your next key, I want to ask you something about maybe maybe it's one of my keys for this game and hopefully the Bears can pick up a win in week 13. We're talking about the running back position. 
You know, Arizona, they've only allowed four touchdowns to running backs all season long. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of noticing this, and I probably have noticed it for a long time, but it's really starting to hit me. Can you explain to me, because I don't – I just watch the games, man. I really do. But can you explain to me, when we're in the red zone, mm-hmm. what is our plan B besides throw it to a tight end? And it, it, do we have a plan B? And if not, yeah. what what would be your recommendations to spring a Darnell Mooney open? Because it always feels like we're either doing – you know, we're doing these little rub outs to a tight end. We're doing these toss up fades. It just seems like the targets are only going there. I think red zone is going to be a huge issue yeah. to speak to as well. So wh- what's your take on that right now? You know, I think when we get in the red zone, we do too much gun, in, in my opinion. I think we need to be more in the center. I think we need more two tight tight ends. And I think that's going to set up everything. I think it's going to set up the run game. And I think we could run some play action looks off that, you know, where you get a guy like Justin Fields or Andy Dalton on the move a little bit. And it kind of frees up. It, it really puts pressure on that linebacker safety that's on that tight end because then they have to cover the drag coming across or the closest tight end that's going to have an out route, right? And then you have Mooney or Robinson, whoever's out there running routes as well. So I think we need to get more into pro-style sets in the red zone. You know, I really I really want that. And, you know, I think Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's shown that he's probably one of our best red zone threats. And you look at his production in limited catches, what he can do. Yeah. So that's why I'm hoping they can get that going. You know, I think uh, Cole Komet, it's looking iffy for him for this game. But if he's not able to go, hey, in the red zone, Jimmy Graham isn't going to be able to run like he did seven, eight years ago, right? That's fine. Box We're out, utilize- Exactly. He can get open, right? That's that's the thing. You know, he's a big body. He, he runs good routes. He has good hands when you need him to. Um, target him. I, I don't understand why it's why it's such a thing in the red zone that sometimes, you know, like what was that, that San Francisco game? You know, we had third and five and then we do a toss play to the side on third and five, yeah. a toss play that if you're going to run the ball, have two tight ends in there, have a fullback, have an H back and let's let's play smash mouth football. Let's not, you know, do the traditional Matt Nagy uh, third and short. Hey, let's try to swing it to Cordell Patterson when they had him or something like that. That doesn't make sense, right? In a third and five situation in that San Francisco game that I'm that I'm referring to, this was off Justin Fields had two consecutive completions. They were mixing and matching the run and pass. And then you have a situation third and five where you can give him the reins to throw the ball in the red zone to get confidence up, possibly get a first down or a touchdown. And you do that play. That's what baffles me. Um, yeah, that's that's a great perspective because just from my vantage point, I feel like when we're in the red zone, it is either we are focusing on a, a play that gets the ball to the tight end, or we're doing something uh, option B, which is something stupid, which you just yeah. <laughs> which is like a toss. You know, I, li- I like I like the I get, tight end though. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I I and I also understand that you know Darnell Mooney probably in those tight spaces like that isn't maybe necessarily the guy that you can scheme up when it is you know, first and goal, second and goal, or something like that. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious if there is a version of variety that we can maybe try and deploy that doesn't always make us feel like we're, you know, everyone kind of knows what's coming. Cause I feel like I know what's coming. You know, I, th- I feel like the bears offense right now is, is when you go to someone's house that you really care about and they cook the food and it tastes like garbage and it's very bland, mm. you know? Yeah. And you're like, they're like, how is it? Five toss. You're like, it's good. Let me put some more salt on it. You got ketchup too. You know, I, I need ketchup on this steak, you know, cause I'm so over- full. I'm so full. I couldn't have another bite. Yeah. But I really, so- but you haven't touched it. I'm, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's very bland right now. And uh, you know, I think everything, they're just being very cautious about everything and, and they're not 
I, I understand, you know, sometimes certain thought processes, but to me, you know, it, I don't understand when you have a guy like Andy Dalton throwing the ball almost 40 times and a guy like David Montgomery touching the ball 12 times in a game that just baffles me. And you talk about wanting to win games and, and be competitive out there. And this was a close game last week against the Lions. This is one that could have could have went either way, to be honest. You know, luckily Andy Dalton and the offense had a great eight uh, minute drive, and right? Detroit, and Detroit's coaches uh, yeah. love them timeouts. <laughs> exactly. They, they spent timeouts like someone in line for turkey. They went back for more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. But um, you know, in the situation, I just I just don't understand the thought process. Like, you know, most teams out there, okay, like, hey. Let's establish the running game. Let's get that going, regardless of, you know, who you have. You know, there's some teams, you know, Green Bay, it kind of depends on the week. You know, Aaron Rodgers is one of those rare examples where, hey, he'll just fire away. That's Aaron Rodgers, right? Not everybody's like that. Uh, you know, he's he's in the small percentage. But even like you said, Tampa Bay, who has the GOAT at quarterback, Tom Brady, what are they doing? Getting Leonard Fournette involved. And, and early on, they didn't get him involved as much. They were still winning games. No, Ronald Jones is, is scoring touchdowns now, man. Exactly. They're exactly. playing a different so style. They are. And yeah. I think they realized that Bruce Arians, Tom Brady realized that, hey, if we're going to do this again and we're going to make a run at the playoffs and winning another Super Bowl, we're going to have to get that running game going. That's how you wear down teams. Yeah. You know, when they don't know what you're doing, you can't stop the run. Okay. Then all of a sudden I'm going to, I'm going to pop back and play action, you know, to, to Mike Evans. I'm going to go to Antonio Brown or Gronk, you know, that that's what that running game does. It really keeps you off balance and people sleep on that all the time. It's a pitcher in baseball, right? Throwing your fastball and throwing your fastball. And then all of a sudden you give them that change up. Right. And then they don't know what you're doing because it's the same look every time. And then they, they don't know they're all out of whack and it's, it's demoralizing as a defense when you cannot stop the run because they can do whatever they want with you, you know? Yeah. And I always, always say back, you remember you asked, you asked playing against a backup before, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick, his first game was against us. And I mean, I've, I've never been so off balance in a football game than the San Francisco 49ers made our whole team. It was like, we could not do anything like you, like confidence, everything is out the window. Even we were playing so well that year as a team in, in 2012, but everything just got us off balance and we could not stop the run. We couldn't stop the past. Vernon Davis went off on us. Frank Gore, Colin Kaepernick. Um, literally, we could not do anything. And we're just looking at each other on the sideline like, you don't have it today. You know, like you, you just know. You just know when a team has you and they're like, we're going to run the football and there's nothing you can do about it. And we're just like, we can't. It's you know, of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just really demoralizing, and I think that's how our offense needs to be. You know, is, is really get that run game established because they've shown even even the games where the offense, the yards for total passing, or this that and the other, when they got Khalil Herbert going, when David Montgomery was out, and even David Montgomery before he got injured, it really takes the pressure off the quarterback, right? And and. I, I think people just fail to realize that it just, it bothers me so much when I, when I see the game and I just, I just know pass play, pass play, pass. Play. Where's the run? You know, I want, I want to see first and 10. I want to see a, a, you know, a run play, maybe on a sudden change. If we get a pick or, or a big play taking a shot, I'm, I'm fine with that. Right. It ch change of, change of us, uh, change of possession. But I, I think it's a situation where we just need to be run heavy and, and, and keep that moving. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think Khalil Herbert, I'm still on it. I think he's one of the few home run hitters that we have on our team right now, and we're a team that's starving for points, so I don't understand why we don't even try and give him opportunities. And maybe my final button on the whole red zone thing is just keep in mind, Bears fans, that you know, in the two games that Andy Dalton has started, not the ones that he's come in and subbed for and the you know the half half games or whatever. The two games that he started, two interceptions in the red zone. So again, you know what I mean? Like uh, we want to give the veteran all this credit, and he knows Andy. You know, he knows Nagy's offense and all this other stuff. We want to give him his flowers, but at the same time, we have to keep in mind that he has to protect the ball in that red zone. Let's take a quick break to talk about our brand new sponsor, Lightbox. I got news for everybody. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Listing cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a very light price. Only $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in plush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle so visit lightboxjewelry.com right now to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment now back to the pod Corey, uh what is your next key to a hopefully a bears win and you know just keep us on that life support for one more week against the cardinals in week 13 yeah, so so this matchup between Kyler Murray, if he, if he's available to go, it seems like he's leaning towards playing think, this week, yeah. right? And I guess Travis Gibson, you know, he's he's in my opinion really underrated. You know what he's been able to do, even when Khalil Mack was playing, he's a valuable member of the rotation. Now he's a starter at that left end, and you talk about where Kyler Murray likes to step up, likes to scramble to the defense's left side, Kyler Murray's right side, and Travis Gibson is going to be that left end. So I need him to contain, have one of his best games, and this is not about him winning every rush. You know, trying to get three sacks himself because if he's patient. If he rushes the passer, kind of like Rod Marinelli used to teach us, right, against a guy like Aaron Rodgers or, or a mobile quarterback like uh, Russell Wilson, you set the edge on the left side, right? Because that quarterback, his eyes initially go to that right side, right? And he's going to want to scramble that way. So if you can set that edge, really keep the contain, and then if he steps up, be able, be able to counter rush, counter back at the level of the quarterback, come back, he will have two to three sacks in this game if he can do that right because robert quinn on the other side he's able to win and he wins a lot it, love it, that it, tweet buddy i love yeah, that tweet. exactly yeah. and, he's, and he's back man you're so, so right it, man it, yeah so if trevis gibson can set the edge on the left side right and i'm not talking about he doesn't have to have crazy rushes where he's winning every time and he's winning clean if he just rushes smart he will have two to three sacks in this game and it'll be because robert quinn is burning rubber around the corner, forcing him right to him. And those are the gimme sacks where, hey, Travis Gibson gets the sack, but that was because of Robert Quinn, right? And this could be a great game for Travis Gibson if he just sets that edge. So that's why I look for it. When, whenever there's a mobile quarterback, I always look, especially a right-handed quarterback, I look at that left defensive end because he really has to set that edge, right? And work together, yeah. right? If, if the if the tackles, right, are, are making moves, the ends are making moves, cover them, right? You have to work together. We can't have any of this rush discipline where we're out of, out of our rush lanes, right? Everybody has a rush lane. The ends, the tackles, if you're running games, you know, if the end comes first, the tackle goes around, has contained, right? And the end has inside. So everybody keep their rush discipline and the rush lanes. And I think this could be a great sack game, you know, for a guy like Travis Gibson, 
I think Robert Quinn can have some sacks as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that matchup right there. Yeah, Cardinals, they've allowed 2.6 sacks a game. Their last eight played. If we can get over that number and, dare I say, get to that 4-5 or five marker, I think that's really going to help us out a big time. And I want to just kind of follow up with you. You know, I think the front four is probably going to be the key to this defense, right? You know, winning the game, losing the game. It's probably going to all start with that front four. Can you just talk about if you were the Arizona Cardinals, how would you attack the Chicago Bears with no Roquan Smith out there? You know, I would, I would run the football, you know, because the, the scouting report on the Bears, everybody knows this year is they cannot stop the run, right? Roquan is is the ace in the middle right there. It seems like he's going to be out, like you're saying, um, you know, which is unfortunate for the Bears. But, you know, I, I would I would run the football early and often. I think this is, you know, as we talked about with Tampa Bay, how they're kind of changing their game. And what we've seen in Arizona, you know, early on, they really weren't running the ball as much. And then they, then they st- starting to get that running game going as they're making a push for the playoffs and to go deep. So this, if I'm Arizona, I'm starting with the running game. You know, I'm James Conner and company. I'm getting that run game going. I'm getting Kyler Murray going. You know, I'm really taking the pressure off Murray, especially when he's coming back from an injury, setting up that play action. And it starts with the run game. So I would start first and foremost, especially with Akeem Hicks looking like he's not going to be out and, um, you know, Roquan Smith. Uh, so, and Khalil Mack being out. So I'm, I'm going to attack that run game early and often. Those some big names, <laughs> Those some big names, not suiting up Corey. Um, let's get to our next key. And I think we're on the same page with this. So maybe I'll front it yeah. is that, you know, when you're four and seven and, you know, I, I think I've brought this up before, but when you kind of get to that place, all of a sudden it kind of really turns into the turnover battle, right? And you have to win it. And you have to win it, you know, maybe at least one or two to give yourself a real chance to win. Get those field flippers, maybe an easy score, just an easy chipper field goal or something like that. Just keep keep the other team at bay. I'm pulling it up here. The Cardinals, they're 6-0 and on the road this year. Now, look, I think it's really, really hard in the NFL to go undefeated on the road all season long. I don't even care what the other team's record is. So that gives the Bears a shot. The other one is you're asking, how are they doing it on the road this year? This year on the road, they are leading the NFL in the least amount of turnovers. 0.3 turnovers on the road this year. They're tied for second in the NFL in road takeaways at 2.5. So that kind of gives you a real indication there of how the Cardinals are 6-0 on the road right now. Just talk about how important this turnover battle is going to be. And if the Bears can win it, they might have a shot to win the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, the Bears have to play near perfect football offensively. And I think, you know, it doesn't mean throwing for 400 yards. It doesn't mean rushing for 300. It just means, you know, having a very balanced game, you know, running the football, you know, taking possession of the clock, uh, working that play action, uh, making good decisions, whoever quarterback that might be, and just limiting those turnovers. And I think that the biggest thing is if, if you can establish that run, I think it makes like I said earlier, the quarterback's job that much easier, right? And then he's able to have progressions. He's able to have hard play action looks where it takes the pressure. And this O-line that kind of struggles at times, it gives it gives them an opportunity, you know, to, to have a little bit more, uh, you know, pressure on there. You know, it allows them to protect longer. Um, you know, you have some tight ends in there that could chip, chip help, things of that nature. But I think the running game sets that up. And you know, the biggest thing, like you said, Andy Dalton in the red zone, at times he's made some questionable decisions, right? It seems like when he's out of the red zone, he makes very good decisions on some of his passes. 20 to 20, right? Isn't that yeah, the old the nickname? It's, 20, it's, between the 20s, he's great, but once you get on the other side of those, it's a problem. 
Exactly. The red, red zone offense is, is really tough. You know, that's why it, it's so hard to capitalize, you know, because you're backed up. You're not able to run the same route progressions. Uh, things happen quicker. Um, so it seems like Andy Dalton in those red zone situations, he kind of struggles to make certain reads. I don't know if it's if it's, you know, everything being so tight or whatnot. You know, I look at last week, the uh, pick he threw to uh, Devin Oriwant. Ah. I, I had, I had his, Devin, uh, right? I think it's just Devin, Devin. Yeah. I, I, I did this when I worked for the big 10 and I completely butchered his last name. Oriwaru, oh, Devin Oriwaru. Yes. That, that's it. that is a hard name to get. And excuse fair. me for butchering your name, uh, build a butcher over there, butchering your name. But, uh, yeah, that, 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 that one really, I was disappointed in because that's that's a no-brainer read where you just got to throw it over the top and it goes out of the end zone. You know, your guy gets it or it goes out of the end zone. And that was one that, that I thought he gave up when you're driving, you have momentum. And then in the Rams game uh, week one, you know, just that was kind First of just drive. a bad throw. Yeah, yeah we have momentum and, and things like that. Those are momentum killers. And, you know, in situations like that uh, against two talented teams, the Rams and you know, now we're playing the Cardinals. You cannot afford to give up red zone picks, you know, at that. Can I ask you a quick question? Not to go back to a topic that we already kind of covered, but I, I'm kind of really intrigued about what you brought up about us being in shotgun look in red zone. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, is part of that, I mean, it could be both, right? But is a part of that because if you're in shotgun and you're in close proximity, if you're a defensive player, it's kind of easy to read the eyes and the keys a little bit, whereas opposed to if yeah. they hike in, they turn around. Oh. Right. And hundred percent yeah. time to make a decision. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like pro style offenses. Um, and, and just from playing against pro style offenses, I thought those were the hardest to defend, hmm. right? Because you have two tight ends. Usually most of the time we have a tight end and an H back or a fullback. Yeah, and you, you kind of can't tell sometimes if it's a run or pass read, but when uh, offensive linemen are in the gun, you know, when the quarterback's in the gun, the offensive linemen, especially the tackles, they usually give up whether it's pass or or run. Because if it's pass, they have that that right or left leg, depending on left or right tackle, back far because they need to kick set, right? And then wow. if, if it's a running play, then they're a little bit more balanced with their stance. And in out of a pro-style formation, it's a lot easier to disguise that, right? So, so when you talk about giving your old line more time to protect, I think the pro style is more advantageous because it disguises everything that like you're saying, because they're thinking, Oh, it's going to be a run here. Oh no, it's a play action. Right. So I really like the pro style in the red zone because it gives you multiple options. And if you have a linebacker or safety, that's keeping his eyes inside anticipating run, you have a step on him and then that's a touchdown all day. So that's why I enjoy the pro style offenses in red zone situations. Yeah, it also feels like you can kind of maybe manipulate zone a little bit more, maybe exactly. doing that style as well. Uh, Corey, any more keys to a Bears victory before we get to our final score here in Week 13 against the Cardinals? No, man, those, those are those are all my keys, man. You know, really yeah. get the run game going. You know, that matchup between Gibson and Murray, um, I'm, I'm really keying in on that, and I think you fans should as well. I think this is a, a game where he could really, you know, build his momentum, you know, as, as a – as a player, he's continued to get better. He has two great guys to learn under in Khalil Mack and, and Robert Quinn. Love what he's been able to do. And he's just just furthering, you know, his juice on, on the Bears and, and around the league. People are taking notice. And then, you know, like we talked about, no turnovers in this game. We, we have to play a pretty perfect game, in my opinion, to beat this talented Cardinals team. We have to play one of our best football games.
Yeah, and a couple things for Bears fans is to keep an eye on. You know, we've already talked about the red zone. The Arizona Cardinals, they're the best red zone to touchdown ratio right now in the NFL. They, they're, they're up in the top in a lot of different categories, right? And also on top of that is we've seen it all season long where I think it's in vogue right now in the NFL to go for it on fourth down, but specifically against this Bears defense, teams are like, we're going for it. Even if it's fourth and fourth, fourth and five, yeah. that's the Cardinals, they're going to do that. They're the type of team that goes for it on fourth down. And actually there's an article that came out on ESPN today that Cliff Kingsbury is actually one of the most successful, if not the most successful, at running fourth down situations. So that's yeah. going to be really interesting to watch too as well. Corey, man, let's get to your final score. I'm really curious, man, because Cardinals score 28 points a game. They give up 18. We average about 16 and a half. For me, personally, the 23 number is kind of that make or break area for me. So I'm curious if the Bears have a better shot at winning the under 23 number or the over 23 number. What do you have what do you have for final I, score? You got Yeah, so so my final score is, is going to be 31 to 17 Arizona with, with yeah. the dub. So I think that's going to be under that 23 number. I just, you know, I think Andy Dalton's going to be the starter. I think it's pretty safe to say unless, you know, so, something happens between now and and game day. Um and we know Andy Dalton. I mean, he, he his stats look good at sometimes like last game 317 passing yards. Um, yeah, it looks good on paper, but he doesn't put up points. And I, I, I just think knowing this Bears team, I think we're going to not get the running game going like we all want to. And I think it's going to be, oh, Andy Dalton, hey, he throws for 260, 270. And, oh, he had a touchdown here. But I don't think it's going to put up numbers. And I think if we wanted the score that we wanted, I think it would start with the run game. But I, I just think the way it's going with Andy Dalton, it just seems like we do not get the running game going. So that's why I think the score is going to be 31-17. Corey, you're speaking sense. And what I'm going to do right now, so for those of you that are coming back into Believe in Bears, thank you for tuning in. But right now I have a one-game lead on Corey right now for our in-game picks this season. <laughs> and you know what? This week I'm going for the jugular, right? Uh, I'm going – Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say Bears 24, Cardinals 20. One, because I want to keep this season alive and pumping. We've said it all season long coming in the pregame. You know, this game with Arizona coming into Chicago and perhaps cold weather, this can be a very winnable game. And let me sell you on how it happens. Not saying it will happen. But Kyler Murray coming back, he's had an extended absence. It's an ankle, right? So even if the ankle is close to 100%, maybe it's a little stiff in that cold weather, right? Maybe he's having a little hard time, you know, digging in on that that turf at Soldier Field. And I think maybe we can capitalize on a slow start by that offense, little bumps in the road that first quarter and a half. And my hope is if that can happen, the Bears can hang in there towards the end of the half. Maybe let's just say it's a 10-7 game. We're actually kind of in it a little bit. Guess what? The game's just going to get a little bit colder. The hits are going to hurt us a little bit more. That sting is just going to keep coming. And maybe physicality-wise... We can create some sort of edge in this game, which gives us the type of advantage, if you will, to maybe hopefully pull this out and give the Cardinals their first road loss of the season. And if I get it, then I'm up two on you, Corey. Ooh. If we get it wrong, then we're tied. And then it's all then 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 it's the thing that we're really watching this year. Because the Bears not in the playoffs. What you're watching is Corey versus Joey's game picks the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what say you? Am I crazy? I mean, I, I've built a story here that's yeah. possible. I don't know yeah. about probable. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say it's a little bit, uh, you know, 
a little bit outlandish to be honest with you because <laughs> because look, look at the weapons that are going to be out Roquan Smith, yep. Akeem Hicks, I know Mac is done for the season. Yes. Um, and then you talk about you know what Arizona does well and what they've been doing well lately is run the football. And you look at all those weapons defensively out, and everybody knows, like I said, that the Bears cannot stop the run. So you have the 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 guy in the middle, Akeem Hicks, that is the engine that runs that, you know, Roquan is amazing at what he does and he's a general out there, but Akeem Hicks is really what makes that defense really come together. He's, he's the voice, he's the heartbeat. Um, and then Khalil Mack not being out there as well. I, I just really worry about it because you talk about these really good teams, uh, really fine tuning their game, you know, as, as the season goes on and December football, cold weather football, because, you know, they know they could possibly be on the road for certain games, you know, maybe possibly have to go through green Bay at some point, you know? Yeah. So this situation where like, Hey, you know, we need to work our running game really. And you look at chase Edmonds, what he's been able to do as well with, um, you know, James Connor, chase Edmonds is, is I, I think almost six yards of pop running the football. So he's really come on late and, you know, I know Kyler Murray is coming off that ankle injury, but Hopkins is looks like he's going to play this week, right? And then all the weapons on there. Zach Ertz is really getting going. He's becoming comfortable in that offense. Um, so it, it it really scares me with all their weapons. It, it really does. So That's the thing is, if Jalen if Jalen Johnson's balling out on DeAndre Hopkins, right, who's coming back from a hamstring injury, and let's just say we shut him down. AJ Green versus. Artie Burns or Kendall Vildor on a third and eight scares me, right? Christian and then Christian Kirk, Kirk Rondell Moore. I know, exactly. I know. So that, that's what I'm saying. You know, you, you take uh, Hopkins out, you we still got four other weapons that they can use. So I, I think, in my opinion, this is one of the scariest matchups. At first, it didn't really seem that way. Cold weather football, you know, I felt good about, you know, early on in the season, having Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith all in there, the way Robert Quinn was playing. But the fact that these weapons are, are missing defensively, I think it really scares me. And and they've been kicking ass with Colt McCoy, too. I mean, they've been blowing yes. things out. Their point differential, I think, is like plus 108 right now. Exactly. So I, I think this is a game that they're they're really disappointed in that Carolina loss. Um, and they're just going to say, that, that ain't happening again. <laughs> and I think, I think they're really going to try to show, like, hey, they're going to try to flex on the Bears and assert their dominance. And I'm, I'm just hoping – that you know we we can we can run the football and and just hey we may lose the game but you keep it tight running the football that, that, that's how we do it yeah i mean uh cory as i'm getting to know you this year you said 31 17 and, and you're and dude you man you're a bears fan and i feel like you're an optimist at heart i really feel yes. like maybe inside your soul it's a 38 to 17 or 38 to yeah 30. i'm I, I mean, i'm trying i'm trying to be nice but yeah yeah i i really I really worry because you look at how, how Jared Goff started last week. And uh, in my opinion, I don't think he's even close to as talented as Kyler Murray and, and yeah. what, what that offense is capable of. And I, I really feel like they really haven't even had their coming out party like Arizona offensive. I think they've had a couple of good games, but I think they're, they're really, they're at the point, you know, where I said these good teams are really trying to say like, listen, you know, we have to showcase what we can do. And, and we, they have a chance to possibly have home field advantage and every game matters. So I think the situation where like every game, they want to assert their dominance and they want to showcase what they can do and establish that running game even more. And with all the weapons, I mean, it, it just scares me, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear, I hear you, man. And you know, I just 
rooting for the Bears because I want to take you down in this game pick thing. And also on top of that, you know, honestly, you know, this is probably the last gasp, even though they probably the last rights have already been written on this Chicago Bears season. I've got one more topic for you. Look, this might be a bigger topic that maybe we can carry over to different pod, but I do want to get your perspective on it. And look, I want to preface it by saying I don't have. I'm not trying to I don't have a particular opinion on this. I'm not trying to lean you one way or the other. I want to get your perspective on it. And we've been talking a lot about Matt Nagy and his job and Ryan Pace and his job. And this is kind of centered a little bit more on the Bears organization. Mm -hmm. And I want you to just pretend, you know, Corey, Corey, pretend you are a businessman, right? Like Mm -hmm. you were a businessman. And let's just say that you own maybe not necessarily an NFL team, but let's just say maybe you own a restaurant or something like that. And Mm -hmm. you were in charge of that business. My question for you is, with the knowledge that you have, that in seven to ten years, you are moving to a new place. Maybe it's a new restaurant. Maybe we'll call it a new stadium. And you're doing it in seven to ten years, and you've got plans, and you're going to break ground, and the blueprints are up, and everyone's excited. Mm -hmm. My question for you is, how do you handle the seven or eight years before the first shovel goes into the ground? on that particular case. Now let's just go see. And now look, this is a different case because some of these examples aren't exactly, you know, these aren't exactly apples to apples where, you know, you look at what happened with the Rams with St. Louis before they moved to LA. Mm -hmm. You look what happened to the Seattle supersonics who had Kevin Durant on their team before they moved to Oklahoma city. There were two or three years where the writing was on the wall and these exist these organizations existed and then moved on to their new places and they made their own decisions so my question for you is if you were in charge of oh i don't know let's just say the chicago bears and you know you're moving to arlington heights in the next seven or eight years how big of a how big of an incentive do you have to truly go out and try and win a super bowl in the next five years when you know for a fact in seven or eight years with your new stadium and it's indoors, yep. you know, for a fact, a thousand percent, you're going to try and win that Super Bowl when you get into that new stadium, because that's what you do when you move into a new stadium. Are you the type of owner that says, hey, let's just I don't know. We have a stable franchise. Let's just I don't know, be 500, maybe go to the playoffs a couple of times. Or are you saying to yourself, we have Justin Fields. We need to try and win a Super Bowl now, because if we win a Super Bowl before we move to Arlington Heights, everything will just be even better or it doesn't matter until we get into Arlington Heights. What is your take on that? Yeah, I, I think uh, the goal is, is in the next three years, because obviously, you know, there's, there's going to be a change after the season. If, if I'm in the ownership in the next three years, I, I want to contend for a Super Bowl. I want to be in the NFC championship. I want to be in the Super Bowl game. And then, like you said, by year five, I want to have a Super Bowl win. And how does that happen? Right. I think it's it's picking the, the right head coach, right, that, that can manage all aspects of a game, you know, whether it's timeouts, special teams, offense, defense, and whether they have, you know, everything set up in place where that head coach is is, is a actual play caller, right, an actual op- offensive guru, a quarterback guru. That's what I want, mm-hmm. first and foremost, because that is how you get progression. That's how you get a quarterback better in this league, Justin Fields, right? I think he's a rising star, right? But I think it comes with the right system, with with the right play caller, with the right coach, with the right vision. And I think that's offensively is number one. We have to have the right head coach that calls the right system 
for a guy like Justin Fields, right? And hey, there is a lot of college coaches, right, that that are really talented, that run very good systems, you know? It's interesting. We've mentioned one of them who used to be in the NFL previously in this pod, and we've mentioned another one that happened to play said coach on a previous pod of uh, you know maybe candidates. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of coaching uh, carousels going on right now. Exactly. But I I think if you know if I was in charge, that's that's my first and foremost to have the best offensive-minded head coach that can call plays, or if if necessarily. He has a coordinator that he works with that calls plays and and scripts for success and is a guru. That's what I want first and foremost, you know, and then I want one of the best defensive coordinators in the game, you know, because you look at what Chicago has been since Vic Fangio has gone away since Lovey Smith and Rod Marinelli, right? The, yeah. the defense took took a major dip in between those transitions, both of those, right? So I think if you can have, you know, an offensive mighty coach handle that, right? And then we have a defensive coordinator that comes in that is a dog that calls plays, that gets pressure, that pressure, pressure heavy defensive coordinator, because I think that's the missing link, right? Discipline, discipline and pressure. And I think that those are the two keys. And then obviously acquiring some free agents, you know, defensive back. I think that's a big thing. Um, offensively, I feel pretty good about some of their weapons in there. Obviously, probably going to be a situation where we have to move on from a guy like Allen Robinson, obviously. Um, but I feel good about some of the young talent, you know, Mooney and company, uh, David Montgomery, I feel good about. Obviously get another wide receiver, uh, Cole Komet, have him continue to progress and hopefully he can be a guy that can stay in this franchise for a while. Um, but I think, you know, and then getting some, some more talented offensive linemen, really securing up those tackle positions, you know, um, you know, I think that's, that's a key thing. You look at the teams that do really well, they have really good offensive tackles, good offensive line. Um, so really solidifying that. And like you said, in the next five years, it's, it's Super Bowl or bust, you know, in my opinion, you know, especially, you know, early on, you can't expect much in the first year, um, but progress and, and being competitive. But I think years two and three, you know, you, you, you got to be making a run, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's my hope for sure. I mean, you know, just a couple of notes on, on your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the defensive back, I think that's probably what you target in round two. I mean, obviously, you don't have a first round pick this year. I don't think you have a third one either. I think you have a second round pick. So defensive back, I think you look there. I think you can draft a wide receiver again a little bit later in the draft. Yeah. Even if there is someone new there, you can't find success there. I think a guy like Michael Gallup is going to be very yep. cheap and a really interesting person that you can go out and possibly acquire. And then in terms of offensive line, you definitely, of course, we're going to draft someone in the sixth or seventh round. But I would like us, I don't have the names in front of me. I would like to see us go out and try and find a veteran center instead mm -hmm. of having someone grow into the job, the Hermonas yeah. Cruz of the world. I would like to see us maybe get some stability there. I like Sam mm -hmm. Mustafer and all, but I do think that we can improve that position. Yep. And I was just thinking about it, man, because I'm out here in LA and, you know, I'm going to these games at SoFi and they got a brand new stadium and you see them getting Von Miller and Odell Beckham and Matt Stafford. And, you know, this is the moment when they really have that they're really going for it. But if you roll the clocks back, you know, four or five years, they were bringing back Jeff Fisher over and over again to go seven and nine and eight and eight. Not a huge, not a lot of breaking the bank free agency moves, and honestly, I felt like kind of twiddling their thumbs and biding their time until they can move into this new stadium. And then once they did, it was game on. And my 
opinion and my hope for Bears fans out there is that we have to continue to hold this organization accountable because mm-hmm. I think we are going to move on from coach and general manager, but we need to see some we need to make some impact moves here, not just in the draft because mm-hmm. we're not going to have the capital this year, but I think in free agency and get creative somehow because I really do hope that, as you mentioned, going for it in that window in the next five years is going to be imperative. And if we're just going to shuffle our feet and we're going to let Justin Fields be the star who doesn't have enough around him and we're the team that almost can be for the next several mm-hmm. years while they just kind of wait and bide their time until they move into some sort of new stadium in Arlington Heights, I think that's going to be the greatest disservice that the Chicago Bears organization could ever do, more so than bringing Matt Nagy back for another year or whatever the case that is. And it's kind of getting to that point a little bit where, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of team do we want to be the next four or five years? And are we actually mm-hmm. going to really go for it? And that's the stuff I'm thinking about these days. Yeah. No, I was uh, – so when I was in New Jersey, I was listening to a radio show with uh, Keyshawn Johnson and uh, Chris Canty. Yeah. Right? And the, the the topic came up because, obviously, Daniel Jones in New York, and he's been there for three years, really hasn't showed much. And, obviously, it looks like the Giants, they're going to move on from, from their head coach as well. And they were kind of uh, posing the question, you know, what – it seems like Chicago is going to have a new coach as well. Which job would you prefer going into if, if you were a head coach and you had the choice and you know, How is Keyshawn, it not us? <laughs> exactly. Keyshawn said the giants and uh, Chris candy was like, which, which I agree with is like, are you kidding me? He's like Chicago for sure. Justin Fields, this is his first year in there. What he did in Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh in that second half, he showcased more, just in that game than Daniel Jones has in his, in his whole career. In, in, uh, and on top of that real quick, Galladay's money is already on fire. No offense, yeah. but he's from yeah. an NFC North. So I get to hate on him just a little bit. That yeah. money's already on fire. Saquon, who I absolutely love, cannot stay healthy. And whoever comes in is going to have to make that decision of how many guaranteed dollars do I give to Saquon? Or do I just okay. move on from him and take the PR hit from that and start that cycle all over again? And as you mentioned, Danny Dimes, get out of here with that stuff. That's why I thought, yeah. that's why I thought the Sean Payton fantasy could be real because the, it's Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Even if Vic Fangio gets fired, you know, from the Broncos or name any other team out there who has a quarterback with the possible potential that doesn't exist yet. But the tantalizing intrigue of Justin Fields, I can't find another team in the NFL, which would make me give the edge to the Giants in that one. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree with you more. I was like, what? You know, you, you want the Giants position. But yeah, Justin Fields, I mean, I think everybody around the league and fans realize that, you know, he has a lot of potential, and it's all about the head coach. I, I think w- whatever they choose going forward, the Bears, it, it has to be an offensive guru and not somebody that, you know, rode the coattails of, of Andy Andy Reid, you know, in my opinion, because I think everyone had thought Matt Nagy was this prolific offensive coordinator in Kansas City, and he learned under Andy Reid in this, but not everything is created equal. And when you don't actually call the plays – you know, when, when it wasn't your show and, and, and no disrespect to Matt Nagy, but he never called the plays. I think it was like one or two games, you know, and there were games that really didn't matter in the scheme of things. And a- Andy Reid, you know, he is the head coach of the Chiefs. And for a reason, you know, he's he's got a proven track record. He's an offensive genius everywhere he's been. He was, you know, one of the longest tenured head coaches when he's with Philly. Now he's been in Kansas City for a gang of years. So Longer. everyone knows what he can do. Um and he's had the track record of multiple quarterbacks, whether it was Donovan McNabb, you know, Alex Smith, when, you know, everybody tossed him to the side. Now Patrick Mahomes, one of the rising stars in the league. Um, 
So, you know, we need an offensive mind like that. Um, so search college, search, you know, form. And just wait, so we, wait, real quick. Need, are, are you Eric Bieniemy? Yay, nay, can't do it in Chicago. Good candidate, can't do it. I, no, I, I, I would, I would consider him, but I, I'm really, I'm really intrigued with Ryan Day, to be honest with you. Yeah, from, from Ohio State, I, I really like that because I think what you're seeing is this league is is becoming a dual threat type of league, right? And and these college coaches, I look at King Cliff Kingsbury, you know, I really look at the success that he had with Kyler Murray and similar type of quarterback to Justin Fields, right? The dual threat that can that can run like a track star, has a cannon of an arm. Who's him better? Exactly. So that's Ryan Day knows what he can do. He knows how he can script for success with him. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He knows he knows him. So that's that's why I'm really leaning towards that. I don't know if that would happen. A lot of coaches like the college scene and but hey, money talks. And I think he has a proven track record. You know, when he took over for Urban and just just the talent he puts out every year, how he is a recruiter. Um, you know, I think comes down to offensive mind. And I think on my list, I think he's number one. I don't know if it can happen or not, but you know, hey, I think that'd be a good situation because nobody knows Justin Fields like he does. Corey, man, we could do this all night, but we got a jet, man. Uh, this was the Bears-Cardinals preview for week 13. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joey Christopoulos at Joey Sports Guy. Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end and Fox 32 Chicago's doing amazing postgame stuff right after the game. Bears-Cardinals this Sunday. Make sure you guys tune in and check that out, too, as well. You can follow him on socials at Corey Wooten. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. And also, Lightbox Jewelry, brand new sponsor. Happy to have them around for the rest of the season. Go to LightboxJewelry.com and check out all the wonderful deals they have going on there. Corey, man, great pod. Good to see you again. Uh, We're rested, ready to go. Who knows what happens this weekend, but we'll be back to talk about it soon. Take us home. Yeah, man. Another great week. Um, you know, hopefully we can shock the world this week. The Bears that is against Arizona. Um, really talented team. I know we got a lot of soldiers down this week. Um, it's looking like so, you know, hopefully we can shock the world, get the run game going, limit the turnovers, um, get after Kyler Murray and company. Um, you know, I think we're going to need a Christmas miracle early, you know, if we want to stack some wins and, and make a run at this because to slay. there's some really, yeah, we, we, we need something. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a mir- miracle on soldier field this weekend. Um, hopefully we can get it done and, you know, e- either way, you know, we're going to be here breaking it down and, and we always have a good time as always. So bear down and, uh, love, love the support guys. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Yeah, like and subscribe this episode. Look, Justin Fields' development, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, this offensive line. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go on this defense next year? A lot to talk about, a lot to figure out with this team moving forward because keep in mind, you know, the season might be a little twirling down the drain at this point right now, but I think the future is still very bright for this organization if if they make the right moves and maybe if they listen to Corey just a little bit more. I think that would be great. Uh, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Thanks for checking out this pod. We'll be back soon. And remember, this weekend, bear down. And if I win, I'm up two on Corey. I'm up two, Uh, folks. I got to finish the season with a dub, so I'm beating you, man. I I got to. It's looking for you. (laughs)
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.